you're having a dinner party. It's last mm-hmm. minute. You've realized the cocktail I'm making. This this happens to Bobby all the time. The specialty cocktail that Josh is making. We're missing an item. We're missing a piece. And it can't be. Su- There's no substitutes. We have to go yeah. to the liquor store. But we don't we have, have time. We have to get this particular vermouth or amaro. But we can't leave because the oven's on. What are you going to do? What's the solution? What would you do? DoorDash. Because I know that I can get local restaurants, local stores, local establishments and get it to my apartment in no time. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol delivers with DoorDash. Getting ready to host, looking to celebrate a special night in, what about a bottle of wine to pair with dinner or some beer to go with your chips and dip? No matter the occasion, if drinks are called for, DoorDash has you covered. And then you know what? You tip right within the app. They get 100% of the tip. You got to tip your DoorDash drivers always. So save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code WHO24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Term supply must be 21 plus to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Delivery and promotions available only in select markets. You will drain it. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. This is our weekly call-in show, Who's There? We're just going to start with calls because this is the best way to start today. All right. Lady A, formerly Lady Antebellum, is now suing Seattle blues singer Lady A for her fucking name. White southern rock band changes fairly racist name to something already taken by a black woman, then sues the woman when she's trying to... Oh, I, I can't. I'm, I'm losing my fucking mind right now. I can't. I can't. Are you kidding me? They're suing her. They're fucking suing her. Crunch fucking crunch. I think that that's the reaction of everyone who saw this news. Pretty much everyone but Chad. I think we should just call them Chad from here on out. They're Chad. I mean, it's fully absurd, too, as I want to say, like, on top of being angering, and I know there's lots of things to be angered about, like, the whole situation is so fully absurd because, like, nobody asked them to change their name. They did it. They're like, you know what? Like, we have to do this. And you know what? It was good because that word is sucks, and they've made a whole career on it and whatever. But the point is that no one said, change your name. This wasn't a directive, you mm-hmm. know? And so they said, we're we're going to do this. We're going to do whatever it takes to be better, to do better. And they the didn't <laughs> do any of those things. Right. Like they didn't do any of those things. And everyone keeps saying like, you know, it's not just in your words. It's in your actions. Obviously, it's like the way you live your mm-hmm. life on a day to day, the way you treat people around you. And this is such a pure example of like them not doing the actual work, which is like doing a Google, as we talked about, mm-hmm. like when we talked about this first. And then obviously coming up against a wall where this singer was like, no, but, you know, we're going to try and work it out. But also come on you know exactly because i guess um even though she's named lady a they have a trademark or something according to the lawsuit the band is seeking a ruling that their use of the trademark lady a does not infringe on white's alleged trademark she has a trademark and they want to use it too she was like you can use mine if you give me this money and they were like well we're not doing that Instead of saying, you know what, we're just going to use a different name. They're in the position to, they have so many fans and they have such a huge fan base that like. We're going to drown you in our influence. They could do literally anything. Why would they do the one terrible thing, which is to sue this woman? 
it makes well, no the, sense. It it also just looks really bad, like mm-hmm. on half of it. Like it, it's whether or not this is some solution that because they're not seeking any damages from her, they're not actually suing her for any money. Um, mm-hmm. These are this is actual just the timeline of events. They changed their name. They found out about her. They both posted like we're coming together to talk about it. Her team asked for a significant amount of money. They don't want to pay it. So they put that information out there trying to shame her in a way, you know, when mm-hmm. maybe she was just trying to negotiate because they should fucking pay her for use of the name. They yeah. can use it, but that affects her monetarily. So she should get paid. So they're saying we were using it like casually, but also somewhat professionally for a while. I mean, I'm no lawyer, but it's like, it was like, why didn't she come for us back then when we were doing it? Because we were doing it back then. But it was always like a supplement. It was their nickname. Yeah. Because even of if you course. look at their screenshots of that course. are within the lawsuit, which is included, it's like, who wants click to here. Say Lady Antebellum. It's like, click here for the Lady Antebellum official merch store. And then it's like, right. Lady A is sort of on the sides. And it's like, they'll, they're like, oh, look at this calendar listing from 2008. They called our band Lady A. And it's like, yeah, maybe the venue didn't want to fucking write Antebellum or it was too long. Their official name was still lady antebellum also i don't understand fundamentally why they would want to keep using that word because it doesn't matter if they turn it into an acronym or one letter of the word it's still antebellum right that's always been the issue like keeping your name lady a when the a stands for antebellum is no different than like changing your name to ladies of the confederacy who are still outraged by the war of northern aggression it's the same thing that's the issue. Right. That's it's always like changed the, the name fully. Like this woman's Lady A, not because her name was Lady Antebellum. She didn't change her name too. Her name is Lady A because her name is Anita. So like that has no connection. Meanwhile, they're still using the name that has the connection to the thing that we're trying mm-hmm. to avoid acknowledging or whatever. It sucks that they tried to kind of manipulate it into being like we're working together. We're working together because what like artist without that push wouldn't like be down to at least try to mm-hmm. work together musically with such a big band. You you know, or I mean, big in some circles. And then, you know, so she said this yesterday, she said, their camp is trying to erase me and I'll have more to say tomorrow. Trust is important and I no longer trust them. I think like some team members started getting involved and were like, um, yeah, we can work together, but sign this contract. So you basically get, you know, yeah, pushed out of the way. This I'm revisiting their caption from June 15th when they had a Zoom with it's Lady insane. A. Today, we connected privately with the artist, Lady A. Transparent, honest, and authentic conversations were had. We are excited to share we are moving forward with positive solutions and common ground. The hurt is turning into hope. More to come. I think that they think that people are going to be, like, outraged that she asked for $10 million, But, like, that's not that crazy. Like, especially as the beginning of a conversation for negotiation. Also, you don't even know what they were asking for late from Lady A in the background. Like, it's probably worth $10 million exactly. to them. This is, this, the, proof, the proof that what Lady A asked for was reasonable is their response, is their right. outrage. Right. So uh, the easiest answer for them is to change their name to Chad. They won't do it. They're idiots. De- yeah, never why won't they change a. their name to Chad? There's no, are there any bands named Chad? Did we even look for them? They'd have to do that. They'd have to do that with Google. We haven't done that one Google for them. Chad, let's see. Is there a band called Chad? Searching ASCAP. Performer, Chad. Addison, Chad. Anthony, Chad. Bradford, Chad. Oh, there's Chad 2.0. There's Chad UK. Think of it, something else. Is there a else. band called Chad? Lady Ch- What about Lady Chad? Lady Chad is fine. There's no, there's, in the ASCAP repertory, there is no band called Lady Chad. 
All right. Then you know what? That's settled. They're being called Lady Chad. I think that's a fine name. It involves their names. It still has Lady in it. Lady C, we could call them for short lady if they C. wanted. <laughs> Problem God. once again solved, but also give this woman $10 million. We give this woman $10 million. Thank you. Just give her her fucking life back in a way. Like, what a fucking disaster. True, true. true. Next call. It's a quarter after one. Lady Chad, I'm Lady Chad now. Hey, Bobby Lindsay, long time, long time. I don't think you need any more confirmation that the Manzos and the Brownstone is totally mobbed up. But a few, I guess it's been more than a few years, whenever season one came out of Real Housewives of New Jersey, I was, I was really into it. And a lot of my extended family lives in New Jersey. And I asked my uncle, who is at that point a New Jersey state trooper, like, so, like, are they, like, what's really going on with the brownstone? Or, like, is the mob really there? Because Caroline, like, it's, like, they're so obviously connected, but she always, like, denies it and says it's, like, such an insult that anyone would even, like, uh, like assume that they're connected. But anyways, I asked him, he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. The brownstone is totally mobbed up. Like, I've done surveillance there many times. Like, the mob is, is totally caught up with them. So, yeah, I mean, from everything you said on the episode, clearly... You didn't need more confirmation, but thought I'd just give you a little bit more. Uh, women do belong in, in balloons. Leanne Queen. Bye. To that, I have to say, incredible casting. <laughs> I don't know. What is there to say? Great casting. Great casting. Beautiful casting. I, I also just love, because that's the case in Mob Wives as well, where you're like, why are these people talking about this? Well, that's what I said in the episode where I was like, I I find it shocking to believe that anyone let these mob-connected people join a TV show to be on for 10 <laughs> years. That seems maybe not the best idea, but what do I know? I've only seen every episode of The Sopranos. That's all I know. The one we watched last night was Which like one? such a bummer. Which one? It's the one. I don't... How do I do this? In the middle of season four... Uh huh. I know which one. Someone finds out about a suicide, and then there's a threat of another suicide, and it's really, really sad. The whole episode is just sad. The where you are in The Sopranos is mm-hmm. like the beginning of the end, and it's good, and then the end is not good. Like it, Sopranos heads no. It's it it <laughs> ramps up for something it can't quite deliver in a way where it just. I think it's like a it's a very nihilist show, and then. Mm-hmm people start getting what's coming for them and as a watcher you're like no you know know, all of these people i mean everyone in this show deserves to be dead well even if you know that empirically when it starts happening you're like no you know it's just hard to watch because you're you've been with them for four seasons (laughs) and then a character i really really like just got discovered by the fbi and is now having to work with the fbi and i'm like oh no 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 and i feel so (laughs) bad right and Uh. you know that's only the beginning of the misfortune for that person (laughs) anyways anyways we will be talking about the sopranos potentially on our patreon at some point so if you love this uh, coded language August. imagine if we were saying actual names and things <laughs> you'll have to check it out speaking of saying names this is great Lucchese Gambino Genovese Colombo Bonanno crunch crunch thank you so much Lucchese was a was one that I put I was in like Luches <laughs> I put in somebody pronouncing it after in a video because I was like wow we both like butchered this to hell well i want to hear it again because it actually it's it's great here we go okay lucchese gambino genovese colombo bonanno crunch crunch thank you so much are, 
those, those are the five the families. Those families? Are the five families. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was telling you, I there was a time when I was really into, I was like briefly into the mob, but even though I didn't watch The Sopranos and I read that book, The Five Families, about the history of the mob in New York and like sure. the area. And yeah. that's how I said it in my head. So it's funny, like <laughs> the whole time I was reading those words in my brain, they were just but completely you... off. Right. <laughs> in my head, my like PBS narration in my voice was just com- all wrong, completely mm-hmm. all wrong. Just and now wrong. you know. I want to learn Italian, but every time I consider Duolingo, I'm like, I don't have the stamina for this. It's I, I need to be t- I need to be taught in person. I'm a I'm a visual and uh, what do you call it? Tactile learner. I guess. <laughs> um, just, I'm a visual uh, tactile learner. You know those the, those <laughs> categories. No, okay, fine. I, I right. I okay, fine. Just... You want to get into it? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God, so many, so many people called about this, and like, I'm really not even sure what nerve we struck. (laughs) I'm not quite sure. Like, it was like people were mad about us not understanding the British ties that these two women had. (laughs) But you know what? I fully understand them now. (laughs) Okay. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. This is really unimportant, so you probably don't play this. Um, But Isla Fisher is married to Sasha Baron Cohen, who is. English, which could explain why she follows the NHS Instagram. That's all. Bye. Okay, I swear I knew this because remember when I said, "Do they live in London?" That was because I had an idea yeah, that he you, was British. Not I just I had didn't an say idea. it. It's the other I had thing an idea is that's really that he lived. Fun is that someone else emailed us shout out uh, I'm a garden, which I think is a nickname for somebody. Wait, or I'm a garden as an Ina garden. Yeah, but like okay. that's what they put when that's they emailed funny. us. And it says, I just want to read the quote because they are also unsure, but I just love it. Liv Tyler is slash was married to a British who called Dave? Question mark. I'm refusing to Google this. Dave? Question mark. Happens to be David Beckham's best friend forever, which begs the question, is Liv Dave. Tyler good friends with Victoria? Please investigate and report back. Okay, so Liv Tyler's husband Dave, question mark. She was married to the guy from Space Hog, but that Royston. was a long time ago. That guy's ago. name was Royston. Royston, Royston Langdon. Langdon of Space Hog, which comes up. But now she's married to a guy named Dave Gardner. So Dave, question mark, is correct. <laughs> he started his career in Manchester United. He is a football agent. Oh, and they were set up by Kate Moss. They were set up by Kate Moss. Wow, great story. This is why Liv Tyler definitely loves the NHS. Her husband is a footballer guy. He was an agent, and mm-hmm. he's besties with David Beckham and Kate Moss, and now he's married to Liv Tyler. That's nice. Love that. Love that information. Um, would you like to know what Liv Tyler finds sexy and romantic about her husband, David Gardner? Tell me. I just saw a headline. Liv Tyler reveals what she finds sexy and romantic about husband David Gardner. Someone asked her, how are you romantic? Which is, if you know anything about Liv Tyler, do not ask her questions like this because she'll go on for 30 minutes. How are you romantic? In the sense of how I see the world, not necessarily in chocolates and roses. I see and appreciate beauty in my weird little way. It's easy to buy presents and make romantic gestures, but the more simple things demonstrate you really know someone. That's what I find sexy and romantic. Being romantic is knowing what makes the person you love happy. So, simple things. 
That's what she finds sexy and romantic. Simple thing. It doesn't surprise me in the slightest. That's Sorry, Liv. I saw your architectural digest tour and nothing about your home life is simple in any way. Actually, I found it quite romantic, though. A little, a little, you're right, overwrought, but certainly romantic. Not out of simplicity. And, you know, like, that's not a simple house. It's a thoughtful house. It's very easy for rich people to say, like, I like the simple things. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because you buy the most expensive simple things. Yeah, but then they say, like, here's my cutting board, which is a piece of marble marble that I found at, you know, that was brought for me by my stylist and agent uh, from Egypt and uh, is 100 million years old and and special. And I was scuba diving off the coast of an island in Thailand that you can't afford to visit. And I saw this slab of marble. (laughs) That's whatever. And now I use it as a doorstop. So um, it's just the simple things, you know. (laughs) It was free. I pulled it from the ocean. Next call. We got a lot of calls about this and I understand the quantity of calls that came here because we should oh people were mad at you for calling her isla fisher it's isla fisher isla fisher okay that's the other see i thought i was being i thought i was being polite i thought i would think it was isla bonita Bonita. yes exactly i was you're also think of maybe the um isla what is that jurassic park isla isla nublar and isla sorna yeah maybe we're thinking of that but it's isla fisher (laughs) here's this call well many 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 calls about this Hi, I'm sure every single millennial that listens to the show is calling in, um, but I have to speak on this. It's like my one area of expertise in life. So the reason that the picture of Hottie from Flavor of Love is coming up as Beyonce is because there's that famous um, altercation between Hottie and New York. I believe it's episode like six or something of the first season of Flavor of Love. Um, where Hottie goes to New York. She goes, you're just jealous because my friends all tell me that I look like Beyonce. And then New York says, Beyonce, did she look like Luther Vandross? Um, it's a classic moment, and I cannot believe that you just so casually graced over it. Okay. Bye. My DVR recall is not as a good, not as good as it once was. Thank God for YouTube, someone on YouTube uploading the uncensored version of this clip because it's so much more satisfying. Okay. Buy me a fucking new jacket. You know why you took it? Because you feel threatened. You know, at least, you know what? I might be a fucking bitch to the heart, but at least I don't smile in all these girls' faces because you fucking are a wolf in sheep's clothing. That's new york yelling at hottie i'm not i'm you a know, fucking whoop you see me coming you guys are just jealous because all of my friends that know me tell me that i remind them of beyonce so you can <laughs> hottie mental institution <laughs> crazy <laughs> this new straight jacket shit like beyonce are you out of your fucking mind beyonce sweetie i'm so sorry i'm so sorry that a ugly ass bitch like this would even say that oh my god are you fucking insane I just learned by being like, what's Hottie up to? Mm-hmm. That Hottie um, has a website called poultryprincess.com um, on which she posts uh, chicken recipes. Delicious, easy poultry recipes. Poultryprincess.com. She has a show on Amazon Prime. It says watch the show on Amazon Prime. Right. You can watch Poultry Princess on Amazon Prime as well as go to poultryprincess.com. You can buy the cookbook. 
and you can get some recipes. Oh, that's what she did in Flavor of Love. She made chicken right. in the microwave and then she learned how to make it well. And now that's her thing. And this is honestly a brilliant pivot. Her, in- her introduction says, people ask me, when you did that TV show, did you really not know how to cook chicken? The truth is, I had no idea how to cook a chicken. <laughs> I grew up in a house where, chick- where cooking was non-existent. It was more about learning about the books than learning how to cook. Ooh, I like that twist. I got married and was thrilled to begin learning amazing secret recipes for my husband's family, basically chicken. Now, I love to cook. And if I can do it, you can do it too. Amazing. Incredible. She was also raised a vegetarian, so she never really ate chicken at all. Yeah. So that's why she didn't know how to cook chicken. A hottie's so fucking dumb. I couldn't believe that someone would actually, you know, prepare a chicken like that. Do you want to try some? I went to the microwave, put the chicken in, and there was a button that said chicken. She thought the button that said chicken was to cook a whole chicken. I think putting the chicken in the microwave is like the most sanitary thing to do. Plus, it doesn't have all the extra calories from the grease. Hi, Weekly, medium time, medium time. Um, you guys probably saw this already, but Sandy Newton did an insane interview with Volter where she spilled all this tea. She spoke about Amy Pascal being racist towards her and like a bunch of other people but amy pascal really stood out to me because i was like no lindsey bobby um but yeah this interview is amazing if you guys haven't read it you definitely have to check it out because she was just like just doesn't care and was exposing a bunch of people in hollywood which was amazing and we love that for her um i love your podcast and so does my sister i love you guys Women don't belong in balloons. Crunch, crunch. So Amy is over, as the caller said. The caller didn't read the entire thing, so let me just talk about the actual quote from this profile in Vulture. Um, blah, blah, blah. Here it is. Then the head of the studio, I had a meeting with her, and she said, quote, Look, I don't mean to be politically incorrect, but the character as written and you playing the role, I feel like we have to make sure that's believable. I was like, what do you mean? What changes would you have to make? She's like, Well, you know, the character as written, she's been to university and is educated. I'm like, I've been to university. I went to Cambridge. She went, yeah, but you're different. She's like, maybe there could be a scene where you're in the bar and you get up on the table and she starts shaking her booty. She's basically reeling off these stereotypes of how to be more convincing as a black character. Everything she said, I was like, nah, I wouldn't do that. She's like, yeah, but you're different. You're different. This is Tandy speaking. She says, that was Amy Pascal. That's not really a surprise, is it? Let's face it, I didn't do the movie as a result. And the movie was Charlie's Angels. So she said no to this movie in part because Amy Pascal like said all these racist things to her. So Amy Pascal is over. I mean, you, I mean, she's over culturally, but she definitely still has her job. So I'd love to say that, yes, like a story like that would get you overed. But mm, Amy is a dinosaur. Well, it's just like even because we talked about we've talked about Amy for the past two episodes of the Patreon. She's come up revelations about Amy. The one emails from the Sony hack that I had never seen before or just completely forgot the ones where she's like saying that racist stuff about Barack Obama and they're making up like the fake movie lists about him. Mm -hmm. And then the Tandy Newton interview we talked about in the last episode. We're like, yeah, Amy's over. Amy is despicable. Amy sucks. But like you said, those Sony emails are old and she has only gotten more powerful since then. Mm -hmm. She's probably going to be okay and that's what sucks but the tandy interview like went hard people are noticing that and everyone is reading it so according to tandy there's more where that came from mm-hmm. i um, do love one of my favorite parts of that interview was that this is the now the second westworld actor to come out and say that they didn't know what was going on with westworld post season one that things <laughs> got a little bit murky for them and they don't quite understand where their character was going and went mm-hmm. um which i'm obsessed with i just love that honesty uh in being like yeah i'm there but like i'm just not quite sure what's going on <laughs> yeah 
anyway yeah you read read that interview i'm sure we'll link it in the in the show notes but also tandy newton them right tandy newton them now you're saying was she a them last time we did this game (sighs) maybe she is a who i mean i think we did this and there was like a conversation about it i think we called her a character actor so it's tough yeah I don't know. I mean, I think this, I think we, we you want to be like, this interview is amazing. Tandy Newton is like iconic them. But then I'm also like, look, I'm like thinking about our own categorization and being like, hmm, I don't know. Because the interview did feel so, so major, you know, so maybe that's yeah. clouding me. Prestige who maybe. For sure. Prestige, whatever. I mean. Cuspy. She's cuspy. It's hard to say that about someone, you know, who's been Cus- around that long. I was going to say, um, like, what's going to break her? Like season 17 of Westworld? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, next call. Last comment. Y'all, breaking news. Um, as of 15 minutes ago, the official Nice Out film Twitter account has blocked Anna Defund Police Armist. Um, how does one get blocked by an official film Twitter account? Question mark. I have to say, we disagreed on this. Uh, I really wanted to save this for Banana Bonanza. I don't like, I like structure, and I don't like that we would be talking about Anna defund the police armis outside of that of that uh, segment. Kind of I just think that this is going to this is we know they're going to do plenty of stuff that we can talk about during Banana Bonanza. There might even be an update on this, but we reached out to Anna to fund the police armas updates to ask for their side of the story, and we have clarity. Well, what happened? Wait, but what happened from on a on a base level? What happened? Okay, so on. Oh yeah, you go. So basically, what happened? I'm just going to do it quickly. I'm not sure you can do it quickly. I will do it quickly. I promise. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> I just don't think you have not that in taken. you. Okay. Anna defund the police. Armis updates uh, discovered they were blocked by Knives Out, the account for the movie Knives Out by uh, made by Lionsgate that is somehow still tweeting despite being a movie that came out quite a few months ago. <laughs> All I know is they went back and forth, like playing with each other, and then. All of a sudden, the Anna Dufarn, the police armis updates account was unblocked by Knives Out. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people were like, what's going on here is um, I suspect foul play, meaning are these two accounts in cahoots? Who is running these accounts? Is it the same person? Have we been fooled by marketing for Knives Out and this the sequel that is apparently coming out, Knives Out 2, um, into loving this updates Twitter? I always knew they weren't connected because there is no way that Lionsgate has the um, budget to have somebody work this hard on a, on a fund the police armis updates account so we were wondering about this we reached out to the source themselves on a defund the police armis updates at armis updates on twitter and i was like what's going on can you just tell our listeners what's happening because they want to know they have to know the truth what went on between you and the knives out account and they wrote back hey there here's the tea the knives out twitter had me blocked for a couple months for whatever reason i tried to reason that blocking quietly by investigating who i could contact on the lionsgate social media team i found an employee and reached out and never received a response back i was saddened by this blocking since i love the film and showed so much support for it on this account as time went on it got to the point where i finally felt i needed closure of why a movie account would block the update account of their movie's lead actress good point which is why which is when i made the decision to tweet the news of the blocking none of this was planned just out of pure frustration. Then the account decided to be extra and try to bully me with their indifference for the block, mocking me for how Anna blocked me and insinuating that people should report my account. 
Cue me tweeting the music video for Mariah Carey's Obsessed to them. Then, to conclude the Twitter war, Lionsgate DMs me offering a truce and saying that it was all in good fun, although I expressed my distaste to their unfairness towards me. I'm all for compromise, however, and accepted the truce. This is when Knives Out Twitter unblocked me and I unblocked them, and then they gave me exclusive images from pre-production on the set of the film to post on Armas updates. We are now business partners. Case closed. (laughs) Incredible. We are now business partners. They said, thank you for supporting this account, like blushing face. First of all, we love your account. We've always stand. I know you are technically a stand Twitter, but we are the stand Twitter that is for you. Ending that statement on we are now business partners is so... <laughs> we are now business partners. Case closed. I think you should. I think you just sue them for $10 million. I think you got to up the stakes. Take this to court. And also, you know what I think you should do? Get them to get Anna to unblock you. You are doing important business out here, and you need to not be blocked by Anna DeArmas. I'm still pissed about that. We all know this is going to end with the two of them meeting. You know, once pandemic is over, once there's like some movie thing. And if it doesn't end like that, we'll know that she does not have an amazing attitude. We'll know. (laughs) We'll know. We'll know that she does not have an amazing attitude. Okay, first question. First question. Oh, this call. Yeah, this call's good. (sighs) I was in Florida this past weekend, and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not crop. So it'll just be like a cropped iPhone photo that's on the aura frame. Exactly. With comments and everything. It'll just be on, (laughs) it'll be zoomed in sometimes. So it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do it well? No. But do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother Mm -hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your Aura app and And you you can can just send them photos. If they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, You can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting you gotta be careful. photos. You got to be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it, but you should do it. You got to be a little bit careful. But <laughs> Aura Frames it. are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura Frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best seller frame that's a-u-r-a frames.com use code who at checkout to save terms and conditions apply hi lindsay bobby long time first time um so i'm actually calling on behalf of my gam gam she is a big fan of the show she's 88 today um so she walked in once when i was playing it on the speaker and she loved it said it reminded her of bridge club uh, she has no idea who any of the celebrities are, but loves it anyway. Okay. Um, so she wrote down a question. It's, okay, this is, it's hard to read her handwriting. Which one is a them and which one is a who? Marlon Brando and Jimmy Stewart. Okay. 
I told her to call you herself, but she said it kept beeping at her when she tried. So if you got like a lot of confused gam gams, it was her. Um, all right, I did it, gam gam. All right, uh, Scar Joe, yummy pop. Oh my god, we haven't. <laughs> gam, gam. I mean, maybe gam gam might be our Thank oldest tool again. So maybe much older for listening to this podcast. Gam Gam, we love you so much. I think, okay, here's the thing, Gam Gam. I appreciate you <laughs> using our terminology, but I feel like both Jimmy Stewart and Marlon Brando are both thems. Yeah. Classic Hollywood yeah. thems. But because she asked us a very specific question, if we had to say one of them is themier than the other, I think I have an answer. Do, do you? That's really difficult, but I feel like it's Marlon Brando. I think Marlon Brando's, if we're going to break it down to who them, I think Marlon Brando's the them and Jimmy Stewart's too. But Jimmy Stewart is n- is He's still a, still a them. them. But I do think as time goes on, if we're if we're talking about the um, theminess kind of not running out, but like will these names continue to evoke such recognition in the future? I think Marlon Brando will, and I think Jimmy Stewart might not. But I don't think that that's going to happen anytime soon. Brando is synonymous with a very specific type of like machismo, you know, like, like on you would screen call, persona. Like you would invent a razor blade and call it Marlon Brando or yeah, something. Yeah, and I like think there's and I, a, yeah, there's a deeper meaning there. And I think Jimmy Stewart, his characters might be more iconic than he is. Like uh-huh, we uh-huh, call Marlon uh-huh. Brando like, oh, he's a... It's it's like Ryan Gosling is the new Brando. Like Jimmy Stewart, it's like we call out George Bailey. We call out Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Like we call out his characters, I think, more than we call out him. Maybe I'm uh-huh. being, maybe that's not true. Like this is more of a Karina question. But like when I think about the way we talk about old, like old dead Hollywood actors, the name Marlon Brando evokes more to me than the name Jimmy Stewart. Even I though mean, I- we're really getting into the weeds for you, Gam Gam. I would say like, <laughs> Only for you, normally I would be like, oh, they're both thems, obviously, like classic Hollywood actors that like anyone would know if they like watched one classic film, you know? Also, Marlon Brando, he kept acting well into his old age. Like, Jimmy Stewart doesn't have a Godfather equivalent, you know? Like, Jimmy Stewart doesn't have the, like, the iconic role that he made near his so death. So he's more, his career was more when he was, like, younger, actually. Even mm-hmm. though he was in, like, you know, pretty pretty iconic films, mm-hmm. right? Shop Around the Corner, one of my favorites. Yeah, it's yeah. it's what You've Got Mail is based on, one of my favorites. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Mr. Yeah, like those ones, Philadelphia yeah. Story. I mean, He's yeah. also older. You know, Jimmy Stewart's older, so he died a little earlier than Marlon Brando. But, you know, I think that I think that Marlon Brando wins out when it comes to that. But they're both, Gam Gam, they're both thems. <laughs> Marlon is just themier. Gam Gam, Gam Gam. Gam Gam, thank you so much for listening, Gam Gam. We love you. And we love both Marlon Brando and Jimmy Stewart, I guess. We really do. I re- I mean, uh, I mean, unless they're canceled, we love them. Just kidding. Gram Gam, don't even get into that. It's it's just overwhelming. Hi, it's Sunday night. Um, it's 11.01 p.m. I clicked on deadline to just make sure I hadn't missed anything from today before I... Uh, I don't know, work tomorrow. And Deadline just told me that Brie Larson started a YouTube channel. Uh, Yummy Pop. I have to say, I am thrilled that Brie Larson continues to Brie Larson as we've defined it. She's Brie Larsoning, and 
we have her as kind of like in the canon as like this unidentifiable character. Mm-hmm. Like, is she a who? Is she a them? No, she's a Brie Larson. No, and she's I Brie would Larson. Say, yeah. This YouTube channel launch is a hundred percent going in the direction that I couldn't have even imagined for her and yet so somehow perfect. new in my heart. Yeah. It's so perfect. This is peak. We didn't even know it when we identified the term Brie Larsoning, but this is peak Brie Larsoning behavior. She started a YouTube channel that already has hundreds of thousands of subscribers. I believe it has like 200,000 subscribers. I am already. one. I am and one. she uh, decided, it reminds me of the Legally Blonde line where it's like, do you think she just woke up and said, I think I'll go to law school today? It's like Brie Larson woke up and said, I think I want to be a YouTuber. And the immediate problem with this that a lot of the commenters are having, people in the community, is that it just seems like she doesn't really want it. She doesn't really need it. The only video that she uploaded is this video that it's like 20 something minutes long. It's awful. I do not recommend you watch it. It begins with an intro where she does the very typical like YouTube editing tropes, like the quick zoom ins, the quick cuts of her being like, and she says, you know, I want to, I, I want to learn. I want to learn from these people. I love, I've loved YouTube for so long. It's taught me how to do makeup. It's taught me how to fix my desk. It's taught me activism. You know, it's taught me all these things. I want to join this community. It comes from kind of a nasty place of privilege, not to like make this conversation about this, but it's like, it's her barging into a community saying, I think I could do this. Teach me how to do this. In the video, she interviews other like YouTube creators, a lot of different types of YouTube creators. It is like a very diverse lineup of people, but it leaves this kind of nasty taste in your mouth where she's just like, teach me how to do this. And then I'm going to try to usurp you. Does that make sense? Do you think I'm being unfair? Because that's how it reads to me. It's like, Brie, you don't need to do this. Well, it's also just like confusing because her thing is like, I'm going to make YouTube better or nicer or something mm-hmm. using YouTube for good. And then she's just doing interviews, which feels like kind of the version of any celebrity going on their Instagram and being like, I'm doing a conversations on Instagram live or whatever. It's very much that. But I think there's something like about being a YouTuber and her trying to learn how to be a YouTuber. That is mm-hmm. weird. And it's authentic. like, it's certainly inauthentic versus like what YouTube really is good at, which is authenticity, sitting in front of the camera and saying like, I'm going to tell a story, you know, which I think Brie Larson would be really good at. I'm going to do my skill. All of this is so like rehearsed and like scripted and like whatever. And she's talking to like, the weird thing is the range of people she's talking to is so strange because she's talking to like YouTube creators who are great and like putting good stuff on the internet. But then she's also talking to her hairstylist and mm-hmm. her makeup artist. And like then I'm kind of just like, okay, Brie, like what is the goal here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, her her pinned comment at the top is give me all the ideas. What do you want to see and who should I collab with? It goes back to what you were saying, which is that YouTube is a place where people share what they're good at whether that thing is like you said telling stories or doing makeup or interviewing people or you know talking to people over hot wings like she's going in here blank and it's like you can't join the community unless you have like a discernible personality and that's always been brie larson's problem she doesn't have (laughs) one and and she's like, give me one. Give me a personality, everyone. It's like you can tell that Brie like, loves to watch YouTube and that's why she's yeah. doing this. And that, to me, is actually an, 
a part of Bree's personality that I might find compelling. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, she's like a big YouTube um, obsessive. Like, what yeah. is she watching? Like, the guilty pleasures and the stuff that she likes and whatever. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And then there's something about YouTube stardom that's inherently hooey mm-hmm. as it's a new plot. It's as it's a newer platform. And mm-hmm. Brie Larson being like confusingly themy, meaning like she's Captain Marvel and yet like no one knows who Brie Larson is. <laughs> that mixed together is like it makes the whole situation even more confusing yeah. and like just pulls her quote unquote down, although it's not a value judgment, like into hoodum. Maybe I'm being hypersensitive, but it's just... There's something annoying to me where she says, I want to highlight the voices of these other creators and I want to give other, use my platform to give these other people a platform. And I think that that's admirable and that is at its core a nice thing to do. But I think it appears to be, the problem is it appears to be masked in a, simultaneous desire for her to outdo them. But here's the thing. You're not raising up YouTube creators on YouTube with your new YouTube channel. I'm sorry. They are more powerful than you on their platform. That's what's so confusing. That's what I think too. Put these people in a movie. That's what you do, Brie Larson. Put these people somewhere else. Take them to your industry. Yeah, like put them on your, not to be like do an Instagram thing, but like your Instagram is probably more of a, I want to show these people to my audience place and starting a YouTube, pushing people to go subscribe to it and then talking to YouTube people who get better views than you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, the, you're I'm right. Sorry, I the think hot, it's, interviewing the hot ones guy like that guy is fine. <laughs> he has a YouTube empire of hot sauce, you know, and a TV empire. Yeah. It's yeah. just like. You're right. I think that's what would fix it. If she really wanted to interview creators and learn from them, she would have done it on her Instagram. And I feel like that's, it seems like at surface level, a small differentiating factor, but I think it's true. Like she's going into their space. Like you already have a space. Like you do use your Instagram, do it there. There are plenty of good Instagram talk shows. Like there's like Z ways. Do, do the, do the non subversive version of Z ways Instagram live show, you know, like just talk to people. I just want, yeah. And I just feel now that we were just like talking it out, it doesn't feel like her goal this is the goal of this she's not actually doing what she wants to Mm -hmm. do or what she's saying she's doing maybe she just wants a fucking youtube channel maybe she's maybe she wants a hobby but if you want a hobby like don't lie to me you know don't piss on my leg and tell me it's activism you know like it's really (laughs) fucking annoying but here's the end of this uh this gave me hives. I'm probably not ever gonna say like or subscribe because I believe in free will and it's your choice to do as you please and me saying something shouldn't change anything about what it is that you're doing. Isn't that how free will works? I'll probably watch a YouTube video on that to figure it out. But regardless, thanks for checking out my channel. Do whatever you want, live your life. I hope you're happy in your body. Much love to you and uh, See you around. <laughs> okay, she says, I'm not going to tell you to like or subscribe because I believe in free will. And then she says, do what you want. Be happy in your body. It's like uh. <laughs> she's trying to find like a, a catchphrase and it's like such a struggle. <laughs> such a struggle. <laughs> she sounds Bri- like you trying to end a, a <laughs> weekly episode. <laughs> me I mean, cutting we- down the end of a weekly episode. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> me. I mean, we're all guilty of Brie Larsoning every once in a while, but like, you don't catch me out here making a, in here, making a YouTube channel. Also, the other comment I have in here, you'll notice when she interviews, 
because she's showing clips of like very brief clips of the interviews as though it's those interviews are going to be longer videos down the road. It's a horribly edited video, by the way, even though she probably paid someone good money to do it for right, her. Right, right. She has a terrible background. And it's like, Brie, if you learned anything about YouTubers, you would have learned that they have like this like meticulous, this perfect mise-en-scene behind them. Like you didn't even create a background for yourself. Well, maybe and she you're needs rich. to interview somebody on YouTube who's good at doing that. She doesn't even have enough of a personality to like put something on her wall or like put an interesting light behind her desk it's so strange the laziness almost makes me angrier because it's like she literally just walked into this building this youtube building and was like i can do this and then pulled out a camera it's so annoying it is it is weird and it's almost weirder than than a celebrity starting a podcast which by now feels so normalized mm-hmm. this still is very strange and i wonder why <laughs> i wonder if that's because podcasts have already why. been overtaken by celebrities yeah. while me while youtube celebrities are still very much inherent to youtube meaning the biggest celebrities on youtube aren't actual celebrities or yeah. they they work within their own world and when they do go on youtube i'm thinking of victoria beckham they're like bye bye they give up pretty quickly anyway i just don't understand what your point of view is brie next call <laughs> hey you guys it's olivia um who are steph london and Berna boy, and um, why did they announce that they're dating? Or like, not why, but like, why did it matter? Um, okay, put them both on crunch, crunch, bye. It took me till today, as they say, <laughs> to get that it was Steph London. Steph well, London. It's Steph London, as, but as it's Steph put. London. Yes, I know, because she's. I know she's Steph British. London sounds cool. I thought it was like Steflon Teflon. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo has problems with it. Just kidding. I haven't seen Dark Waters yet. Still, 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 we know, never will. We know, we know. Steflon Don, which is an amazing name. Steph London, Steflon Don. Even saying it makes me sound cool. And I'm just <laughs> saying it the way Steflon Don and Burna Boy are in a relationship. This caller is just like, who are they? Is that mm-hmm. is that what they want to like, know? It's like, wait, why do I? Why should I care that they're in a relationship? Well, or also her name is actually Stephanie Allen. You know what? An interesting bit of research would be what are the birth names that are most often changed into stage names? Like look at everyone who has like a very unique stage name and then look at their birth names and see if there's like what if, if you are more likely to change your name if you are born with this name. Like do people really hate the what? name Stephanie? Lady no, Gaga changed her Bobby, name once. No. Maybe. I this think it could ter- be an interesting experience. It's not about the name you have. It's just that people change their name. People do stage names. I know, but are you more likely to use a stage name if you have a certain name? I think that would be... There no. must be data on this. No. I, no. <laughs> I I'm looking for the data. Anyway, so Steph London is a, terrible, a British... It's a terrible uh, hypothesis, by the way. Just terrible. We're talking about Steph London and Burna Boy. She's British. Her biggest song so far is a song with French Montana that I had honestly never heard before. And the moment I heard it, I was like, I don't. I thought I would recognize it because it had French Montana in it. The song hurt me. I'll play it here. I heard you got a new girlfriend, and it's me. Maybe a couple years ago. She got a lot of headlines like she's the next big thing, which always happens with artists where it's like, here they come. Look out. They're about to take over the world. That's a cliche at this point. And she's not quite there yet, but she's on her way up. She's apparently going to be on the new Cardi B album. 
uh, as a featured vocalist, she just wrote a new song for Ty Dolla Sign, Ego Death. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's also the eighth most listened to female rapper on Spotify, just under Missy Elliott, which was interesting to me. She's huge. I probably already said this, but she's British, or she, she's li- British. she lives in the UK. Steph London, get it? Steph London. Oh my God, she's Steph British Jamaican. She's a British Jamaican MC, and so she's more popular there too, mm-hmm. because I think, as you know, I think maybe less now, but there was a big point where the only female MC or rapper was like Nicki Minaj for like yeah. a huge stretch. For Cardi a long B- time broke that because everyone kept being like you know in the in the spirit of like Lil Kim and Missy Elliott where are all the female rappers and then Nikki was like the only one for a long time or the only big one the only like almost pop star level female the only rapper big one they're obviously there right. and now you have like city girls Cardi B you Sweetie. have Meg you have Sweetie all that but like but it's like when you look at the top charts it's interesting because when you look at the top female rappers on Spotify which is the chart I happen to be looking at now I would say over half of this list these people were not famous five years ago like these are new artists yeah 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 totally anyway so she's she is dating this other guy who is much more famous than she is but not in the united states burn a boy an afrofusion like singer yeah the only time that i had heard of him before was because of the the coachella controversy which i didn't you know heard the, about this i didn't remember this at all because you know when a coachella <laughs> when the coachella poster comes out the big names get bigger font weight and then the smaller names get smaller yeah. ones and then there's and like saw, there's so it's just but there's only three there's really only there's like three weights mm, two or three weights like it's it, but it gets very subtle towards the end it's <laughs> yeah hit the, i have it down at the bottom smaller. so it's like i'm yeah. looking at this one so it's like where he is it's uh burn boy ariana grande is the huge name on the list that he was on then it's like zed and bad bunny or the second weight churches yg and then the and then final the, weight the fourth line it's Burna Boy. And well, he funny, wrote he's on next his thing. to Lizzo. I guess this was in. Well, this was what 2018. Was this right. Yeah. So, yeah. And he says, Coachella, I really appreciate you, but I don't appreciate the way my name is written so yeah. small on your bill. I am an all caps African giant and will well, not be reduced. That's the name of his album. Yes. That was the name well, of his no, album, but yeah. he, that wasn't the name of his album then. This oh, is what he started. Knew that the name this is what's album. so funny. That's so I am funny. an African giant. And will yeah. not be reduced to whatever that tiny writing means. Pl- yeah. Fix things quick, please. And they yeah. didn't, obviously, because they're like, why would Coachella change their poster? Um, but they right. got publicity for it. He right. released, like, he was like, it should look like this. And then he released his own, like, what he thought the poster should look That's like. So a great. few months, cut that. to a few months later, he fully calls his next album African Giant. I love Because that. of this. I love that. Well, because he's like genuinely big in Africa. He's like one of the leading musicians in Africa and knows that and is breaking into the U.S., though Mm -hmm. slowly, because obviously it's difficult on many levels. The other interesting thing, too, about Burna Boy is that his grandfather was Fela Kuti's manager. So he's got like a little bit of that like nepotism vibe. And there is a documentary about Fela Kuti, who's like the really famous, um, African artist. He was Nigerian and he did music there. There's a documentary by Alex Gibney who did the Scientology documentary. But this one came out a few years ago and I didn't know that Burna Boy had like the lineage or like not the genetic lineage but like the musical lineage to Fela Kuti and actually the relationship with Fela Kuti. Mm-hmm. So he gets it's, asked about it all the time. He's also Nigerian like Fela Kuti. He's incredibly famous in Africa and like sort of in Britain as far as I can tell. 
when you look at like the awards that he's won, he wins a lot of like MTV Europe awards. He wins all these things, like a lot of awards centered in Europe and centered in like Nigeria. And then this award show, All Africa Music Awards. He's won a lot of All Africa Music Awards, like big ones like Album of the Year and West African Male Artist of the Year. So he is big outside of the US. And so the Coachella thing was sort of a big deal for him because it was one of his first like introductions to American audiences. And I feel like that's kind of... um a really good way in for an international artist like a big music festival of course it is it's a good way in for any artist i just can't get over that's like lizzo's next to him so like you have like a few years ago you know on the same line you have claro you can see kind of like the artists that would you know go rise up i would say Mm -hmm. like he hasn't broken through yet but like uh, you know that doesn't mean anything (laughs) and also i don't think he gives a shit necessarily Mm -hmm. what's cute is there's a great interview uh with her with Stefflon, Stefflon Don, uh, with Steph, where they like met because I guess she they had a meet cute. There was like a show that was canceled, so she went to his show and he was like, "What's up?" and she was like, "What's up?" and they like met and fell in love and stuff. And what would you said the new the, why they're in the news technically is because they haven't seen each other because of uh, quarantine. Well, they. <laughs> The reason they're in headlines, and I think the reason the caller called, was because they literally haven't seen each other during quarantine. And I think it's probably because they're in different countries. That's not confirmed. It's just kind of sad. They suspected that they had broken up. That was the thing. It wasn't like... Mm -hmm. This isn't just news out of nowhere. It's like people were like, did you guys break up? Did you guys break up? Are you broken up? Did you break up? And they were like, no, we just like, we have an issue. And it's called... It's called COVID-19, as with you. The last thing I wanted to say about Burna Boy, because honestly, Stefflon Don is newer. Stefflon Don, there's like less to go on. There's a little gossipy stuff. But this Burna Boy interview was when African Giant came out and he was interviewed by um, Hannah Georgis. And they talk about the name African Giant. And it's like, she says, when I asked about the choice to lean into the grandiose moniker, he was adamant that the name points to something bigger than his own ego. And he says, quote, it's just something that I consider a fact being number one, the singer said on his musical standing on the continent. As we talked in Brooklyn, an American artist can come to Africa and rap his English rap with his slangs. And we don't even get it, but we say it. Why didn't he change his language to make us understand him better? Berna asked me, then returned my response because Americans aren't expected to adapt to different audiences. So why do I have to? Yeah. Next call. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Long time, long time. Um, quick question. I was just browsing through Daily Mail, and it looks like there is a new brand, apparently, according to them. They get things wrong a lot. Uh, but this new brand is suddenly rivaling Goop. So that leaves me to the question that made me want to call. What's going on with Casa Zeta Jones? Is there an update? Is there a new face to the Casa? Um, Happy Fourth of July. Get me up in space for my alien tea party. Crunch, crunch. What's going on with Casa Zeta Jones? I have an answer, Lindsay. Yeah, what's happening? Do you know? Have you been following? Do you know what's up with Casa Zeta Jones? It's huge, Lindsay. It's well, we huge. did get an email that she launched a footwear collection. Exactly. Shoes. <laughs> she, that's what's up with Casa Zeta Jones. She launched a footwear collection. We got this press release. I, I know. Saw I'm it looking at it now. And I was like, what is this? This is someone who knows us. This is like we were deliberately at, written into the Excel spreadsheet of this email list Good. by hand. Because I don't know. know who else is paying attention to Casa Zeta Jones other than us. Listen to this. Catherine Zeta Jones steps into footwear with butterfly twists. 
British footwear brand Butterfly Twists have teamed up with Oscar winner and fashion maven Catherine Zeta-Jones, launching an exclusive partnership with her lifestyle brand Casa Zeta-Jones. The partnership will see Casa Zeta-Jones' first expansion into footwear. <laughs> it's literally a home line. It's called Casa Zeta-Jones. Well, if okay. you go to casazetajones.com, there are different categories. Footwear, beauty, coffee, sportswear, <laughs> dance slash leisure, and home decor. So I'm just saying, like, she is expanding. Not to compare it to Goop, but Goop means nothing. Goop can be anything. Like, as an umbrella term, Casa Zeta-Jones is very explicitly about the home of Zeta-Jones. Well, not anymore. Now coffee. it's about shoes. Also, this is so fucked up. I haven't been to this website since you just said this. Footwear has a shop now link. Beauty coming soon. Coffee coming soon. Sportswear coming cute, soon. The shoes are kind of cute, but they're not even her. They're not. E- she's doing a line on them. She doesn't. She didn't start yes. them. What okay. are the um? What are those trendy shoes that like Ray has a hundred pairs of them? They look like those the trendy flats. The woven ones or whatever yes. that like have the little tip. They're little. They're like they have that little like pointy. What are they tip. called? Whatever it is, they look remember. like those very trendy flats where it's like. Just like you can get one in every color and throw them in your bag or whatever. They're cute, whatever. But they're not Casa. They're not original Casa. And I th- I got to say, Casa, she wants to be goop. She's got to be a little bit goopier. This is too accessible. Why goop works, it's because it's completely inaccessible. What I want from Casa Zeta Jones is shit I cannot afford. And I don't understand why she cannot understand that. What I want from Casa Zeta Jones is shit I cannot afford. Arma, is that not true? Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. So I just subscribed to updates because I clicked on Casa Zeta Jones's coffee hyperlink and it said coming soon. And when you click coming soon, it takes you to an email subscribe link that says sign up for updates on Casa Zeta Jones's coffee. coffee line. Can you even imagine what Casa Zeta Jones coffee will be like? Well, she has photos of the branding and it uses, um. God, she's so obsessed with like old English like opulence, you know, like not quite Victorian, but just like old English opulence. And the coffee branding has um what do you call it like whack a wax seal a wax uh-huh, seal course, on it oh seal, my god course, Casa jones. so it says subscription confirmed there's nothing that yells Casa jones more than a wax seal i have to say that's true okay listen to this okay. listen to this yeah i can't i cannot i honestly cannot believe this i feel like this is like illegal i signed up whatever and then it says subscription confirmed your subscription to our list has been confirmed. Casa Zeta Jones Home and Coffee. Thank you for subscribing. Casa Zeta Jones. And then it has her address. Like, it has, like, the business address underneath it. I'm, like, on the floor. I don't. <laughs> Where would you think <laughs> Casa Zeta Jones's headquarters are? Where would you think? Like, London? W- Wales? She's Welsh, right? Think a little closer. You're very cold. Closer to home? Yeah, closer to you. A little bit. Brooklyn? No, it's, you're very close, but a little, 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 little bit The closer. Bronx? No, no, no. Wrong direction. Manhattan? Wrong borough. New Jersey? Connecticut? A borough, but you said the wrong borough. Queens, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Bronx. What's Staten the, Island? Staten fucking Island. Shut up. The headquarters for Casa Zeta Jones is not in Staten Island. Casa Zeta Jones, 33 Hope Street, Staten Island, New York, 10305. I looked up the address I'm and sorry. it's just a residence. Not Is to this be some rude. sort of tax evasion thing? Yeah, well, do that's the Douglases own this house and claim uh, American citizenship or whatever? I'm not trying to be what I'm not trying to be sus, but like this feels illegal. 
I like I'm looking at this house and I feel like I'm fucking in It's only a, three minutes from the Verrazano. This is just I'm a lo- random house. <laughs> I'm looking at this house and I feel like this would be like the exterior shot of a sitcom about a family in Staten Island. It is the most just Staten Island well, house I've ever Zillow seen in my whole too. life. I'm looking at the Zillow too. It's sold for it's a worth eight hundred forty nine thousand dollars. Who owns this house? I don't. I don't know. But it was sold in. Wait, it was listed for sale. Wait, it's for sale. Who owns this Casa Zeta Jones? Wait. Who owns this Casa Zeta Jones? Wait, it's thirty three Hope Ave, right? It says Hope Street. Oh, I'm on Hope Ave. Okay. Oh, I'm on Hope part. Ave too. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you have to keep this. <laughs> it, there is no Hope Street. Wait, there's it's no on, Hope There's Street. only Hope Ave. It's not like, you know how Queens has like Avenue, Street, Road. I don't wait, see any streets no here. Hopes, there's no Hope Street. There's only a Hope Ave. This is suspect. I don't <sighs> like this. Something is going, something is very fishy. There's a Hope Lane. There's a Hope Ave. There's a Hope Street in Jersey City and in mm-hmm. Lodi, Jersey and in Nutley, New Jersey. But there is no 33 Hope Street in Staten Island. Is that like like 123 Fake Street? 33 Hope Street, Staten Island is not 123 Fake Street. There are too many <laughs> details there. Staten Island. <laughs> 33 Hope Street. <laughs> just put whatever. I can't do a Welsh accent. Oh, Michael, put just put where put where we our favorite place to go in the summer, Staten Island. <laughs> Michael has no idea Casa Zeta Jones exists, no, let alone I, yeah, I don't Butterfly know why I Twist Michael. <laughs> or 33 Hope Street. What is happening with this house? I don't like this. This is sus. Put a P.O. box. I just don't understand this address doesn't exist. Exactly, because I thought it would be a P.O. box. Like, oh, they just, you know, that's where you can send, like, fan mail or whatever to a P.O. box. This is a brick and mortar standalone house on Staten Island, two minutes from the Verrazano. Isn't this a little alarming? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. Okay, we, I don't know what to do. We have to do if more If you research. are one of our Staten Island hooligans, I know we have a few. Please, if does Hope Street exist? I'm trying to find Hope Street. I don't see it. No, I tried to find it. It doesn't exist. Mm, okay, well, someone's about to get audited. And it's not me. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay Bobby. So hearing your conversation about the who's and then's of the alphabet, and then there was a poll on one of the hooligan Facebook groups, also about the alphabet. Those two things reminded me of a time when I met an American, I'm Canadian, and um, we were becoming friends or whatever, and she asked me for my phone number, and so I had to spell my name for her. And my last name's Fraser, with a Z, or with a Z for you guys, you Americans. And I kept spelling F-R-A-Z-E-R. And she kept writing F-R-A-Z-E-D-D-E-R. And I was very, very confused because I was 100% sure I was saying Fraser and not Frazetter. And so this went on for a few minutes until I realized we pronounced this letter differently. And so I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, it's Z, F-R-A-Z-E-R. And she's like, oh, I was so confused why you were using the DJ Z to spell your name. So, (laughs) I mean, maybe she's just a Z head, but like... Bobby, as a Zed head and an American one at that, is the DJ Zed themier than the most common international pronunciation of the letter Z slash Z? I I would just love to hear your thoughts. Um, 
crunch crunch women do belong in quarantine still black lives matter isn't that an amazing call what is going through this person's head, the American? I mean, I probably would have done the same this, thing. This poor Canadian is trying to spell her name. And you're like, well, your name is F-R-A-D-J-Z-E-R, correct? <laughs> <laughs> no, not DJZ? Not DJZ in the middle of your name? <laughs> DJZ. What, so what's, I think she was saying what's who or Z or Z? I'm not the right person to ask. Like, I feel no, like maybe a, a linguist, not a linguist would ask. know which countries say Z and which countries say Z and then, you know, find out which one is used right. more prominently right, right, and which right, populations right. are greater. And I don't know how but to answer that question. But I will say if the metric system is any evidence, we are in the wrong here. <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean, yeah, me looking at this, I'm saying Z's, Z's not it. Z's not the way in. I mean, King Fahrenheit over here, we have been wrong for decades with all of our <laughs> measurements. So I would say that maybe the alphabet pronunciation, pronunciation, is that how you pronounce it? Pronunciation mm-hmm. is in the same boat as those two things, you know, degrees and mm-hmm. the, the measuring systems. To prove how dumb Fahrenheit is, it's really funny to think about the fact that like... Zero like is... Po- I know. Zero and 100? <laughs> it's like, oh, freezing is zero and boiling is 100. And then I'm like, no, 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 sweetie. Boiling is 212 and freezing is 32. And no, like, sweetie. No wonder everyone is- hates us. <laughs> no, sweetie. Freezing is 32. It's like, how many numbers do I have to remember at this point? It should be zero. <laughs> okay, well, let's play a quick game of Who Are Them. Just Wait, a quick are? game of Who okay, Are Them. Okay, okay, okay. I love my Helix mattress. I love my Helix pillow. What else is there to say about Helix? I freaking love it. <laughs> when I sleep to... on other beds, what is there I else get to mad. say is that I come back to my bed and I'm like, this is the bed. This is the bed. And it's honestly spoiled me for other beds. And I don't like traveling sometimes because I'm like, this is not my bed. Where's my bed? I want I've my bed. It, I've made it. It's, it's my special bed. It's my special mattress because it is a mattress that is made for my body. Mm-hmm. I took the Helix quiz. It told me which Helix mattress to get, and that's the one I got, and that's the one that I love, and that's yes. the one that I will not stop mm-hmm. using because it's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Mm-hmm. The mattress is so good that when we got it, my cat Winston became obsessed with it, and now he's on it all the time. And I'm no like, way. you have to move because no I way. need to sleep on the bed. It's my bed. It's not your bed. Wow. He's obsessed with it. It's wow. irritating, actually. Wow. He likes okay. the Helix rude. so much. So rude. Everybody is unique, and I mean everybody, two words, because everyone sleeps differently, their bodies are different, and that's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. I'm a side sleeper slash stomach sleeper, some people are back sleepers, some people are exclusively side sleepers. There's a Helix mattress for all of you. Not only is the Helix the best mattress I've ever slept on, it, the setup was fast and easy. Their mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door. You just open it up and it like kind of like blows back up at a, after it comes out of the plastic and you put it on your bed and it's amazing. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you don't want to take our word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash who. That's helixsleep.com slash who. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Um, So I'm calling um, because I'm a pretty prolific podcast listener. I listen to a ton of podcasts um, across a bunch of different genres. And I just 
feel like, so, you know, podcasts have guests sometimes, obviously. Um, and I feel like recently, um, this comedian, Jason Manzukas, has been on like every single podcast I listen to. So I guess I'm wondering, Jason Manzukas, probably regular who? Podcast them? Um, thanks, Crunch Crunch. Bye. Oh my God. <laughs> Breaking. Katy Perry's album cover is crazy. <laughs> We've been, Lindsay and I have been (laughs) I like laughing about the Katy Perry smile review. Sorry to interrupt this call about Jason Manzoukas, but this literally just happened. We've been laughing about the Katy Perry smile reveal for a few days now because she's been teasing it on Twitter and it's been like the most, it's been like struggle Twitter has been Katy Perry revealing smile and now it has album art and it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Here's my cue, like when did circus come? Like, we've been on, like, a very sweet, pregnant, like, very pretty daisies, flowers, like fields, Terrence nature, Malick, wind gorgeous. Terrence Malick, wind in the and grass. And then all of a sudden it's like, burr, 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 clown. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Pivot. This looks like a mix between, like, Britney Spears' circus album with Womanizer on it and literally a poster in a dentist office where, like, the smile is, like, in the shape of a smile. Okay, this was not the question asked. <laughs> she went from daisies to this. Yeah, like. <laughs> Shout out Roller Coaster Tycoon players. Also, like, not to be rude either, but like, right now the clown face emoji is having like a resurgence as like something that is negative. Why is Katy Perry leaning into clown face emoji culture? Clown face is prevalent when used as like, you're behaving like a clown. You're behaving like yes. someone who is not like, smart, I who is ignorant. A clown. Yes. Yes. Ignorant and um, yes. bad. Yes. And she's out here like yes. pasting clown faces on everything and being like, here comes my new song. Isn't Diddy the rumored feature? Yes. <laughs> what is this? Like, what year am I in? What? Katy Perry okay, releases a new song with Diddy called we Smile and not, It's Clowns. We are doing Who Are Them. We're not doing Katy Perry takedown. Is, <laughs> and I have to say, it's Jason not a takedown. Is... I'm just very disappointed in Katy. I am a Katy cat, okay? I am a, I am criticizing from a place of love. She has been caught in a perma-struggle since the release of Prism. <laughs> and it's, I feel like she's... Uh, from the release of Witness. Oh, Witness came after Prism. <laughs> Yeah, ever, Prism came out and I was like, this is iconic. This album changed my life. And then ever since that came out, she's been flailing. Okay, stop. Flailing. Okay, stop. But Jason Manzoukas, who's been on a thousand <laughs> podcasts, is he flailing? <laughs> is that? No, is Jason this... <laughs> Manzoukas is, I think, maybe one of the most like widely beloved American comedians right now because... He's on every. He guest stars on everything, not just podcasts, TV shows, sitcom. Too. It's true. Like TV it's not. Shows. It's not a TV show. If Jason Manzukis doesn't show up to do something. Yeah, it's like you. You have done something wrong if you have a comedy series that Jason Manzukis won't walk on the set for. You know, like you've done. You fucked up. And same can but be said. But arguably, about arguably, what is his biggest role? That's the question, which is kind of funny. The league, I guess, from like early aughts. But then, like, who? You know, you'd have to be like a big league fan. What is his biggest role? Um, That's what Derek I'm asking in, you. I would say I, I maybe Derek in the Good Place, the, but that's, the Good Place that's was a, a teeny tiny role. role but I think that 
I think that that was a big show for him. Um, but it's just like he's been in so many. But he many- was like a regular on the league. And then from there, he did like a million guest stars. And now he's a guest star on a million podcasts, too. Yeah. And he's on like he's on Big Mouth, but that's just his voice. And I think that's different. He was he on, on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was on Parks and Rec, which I didn't watch. I would say maybe his podcast is one of the biggest things he does. That How Did This Get Made podcast with um, June Diane Raphael. Right. You're so right. You're so, so right. So he really is he's a renaissance person i think that he is in a really really good spot um but i don't think i would call him a them i think he's all over the place he's literally everywhere you could possibly be going on every single podcast is an amazing strat but for him it really works and that's the greatest compliment i can give yeah so jason manzoukas who are them one two three who who i mean who I just went to his Wikipedia. He is best known for his recurring role as Rafi in the FX comedy series, The League. The League. But mm. he's like one Will Ferrell comedy role away from like them dumb in a way. Like not Will Ferrell. You know what I mean? It's one like big budget comedy role thing. At, I don't know. Oh, yeah. And he used to date Connie Britton and he's allergic to eggs. I feel like, why did I know that he's allergic to eggs? He must <laughs> talk about that a lot. He was very allergic to eggs. Yeah, okay, so Jason uh-huh. Mantzoukas, who... Moving on, moving let's on. move on. Let's move on. Katy Perry, Smile, and Jason Mantzoukas, incredible. That album art, what is she? He they, will probably be they. a... F- maybe he'll have a feature on Katy Perry's new album, Smile. <laughs> Hi, Who Weekly. Um, medium time. Ugh, God, I've called so many times and left such trash messages. I can't even tell you how many times, so we're going to say medium time on that one, too. Um, calling because I need to know if oat milk a who or a them please please just end this eternal debate that is going on in my own brain um crunch crunch women do not belong in the land Oh, we definitely talked about we definitely talked about the who's and them's of milks in the past, and I don't remember what we said about oat milk back then. But I have it. I have an answer now, and I think it may be different. Oat milk. Who are them? One, two, three. Them. them. Yeah. It's a them I now. Think oat milk soared up the milk ladder, almost past almond milk. Oh yeah. I would argue well, people, as like a non-dairy champion. I know because almond milk got problematic and fell down a few pegs for a lot of um a lot of non-dairy milk lovers. Um, and I think oat milk took over. If you are seen eating an almond, drinking almond milk, someone will scoff at you. They'll be like, yeah. "Uh, do you know how much water went into that almond, honey?" And you're like, "Right. Well, yeah, I, I a lot of water. Maybe I should change my non-dairy milk option to oat milk. It is better. You can make oat milk at home. I've done it before. It's- and how'd it go? It's good. There was a t- I had an oat milk phase a couple years ago where I was just like making a lot of oat we milk. We all but the did. Problem it was like it, the it kale makes- of a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it makes a lot, and it. The the problem with homemade That's oat milk good. is that no, it makes a lot, but it I was making it when I was putting it in hot coffee. If you make homemade oat milk, you're really gonna only want to use it in cold things because it doesn't have those like stabilizers and stuff. It separates really quickly. Like uh, if you make homemade oat milk, it's gonna collapse it. if you make it not cold anymore. Yeah, but it is really ta- like it tastes great. I like love making oat homemade milk. oat milk, you're like, oh, it tastes just like I store bought oat milk, and it 
costs zero dollars because oats are the cheapest thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, and you pop a little date in That's if you nice want to make it sort of sweet. That's nice because nut milk is actually quite hard to make and expensive because nuts are really mm-hmm. expensive. Mm-hmm. Nuts are okay. so expensive. All right. Um, so oat milk is now a them. That's huge for absolutely. this podcast. Well, and I think another reason oat milk is a them is originally there weren't that many brands that even sold oat milk. Oh, and now you can name at least like two oh, or three. Yeah. Billion, a million Remember oat when oat Oatly brands. was just the only one and now oat milk just coming out the butt. And Oatly, it was a little expensive. And now you can get a thing of oat milk for pretty cheap now. Oat milk can be cheap. Oat milk should be cheap. It was just like yes. special for a while. So it wasn't. But unsweetened now, everyone's oat milk making should oat be milk. very cheap. Okay, we uh, need to move on. Next you don't get to make another point about oat milk. I know you were going <laughs> to. Oh, here we go. Hey, random question. I don't even know if you would like answer this. But what is the Golden Palace? Like I have been a stan of Golden Girls my entire life and I just learned what the Golden Palace is like minutes ago. Is it is it canonical to the Golden Girls? I don't actually know what it is. And I feel like Bobby is like the leader of the Golden Girls standum of the twenty first century and I just don't know what the Golden Palace is and I don't want to watch it, but I feel like I'm gonna have to because I watched all the Golden Girls forever. Uh, what is the Golden Palace? It's obviously a who. I don't even know if it's a who or them question. I'm truly confused. But it's definitely a who or them question. I've Golden never Palace. heard of the Golden Palace. One, it's a who. One, two, three, who. Yeah. It was a spinoff, but it really, it picks up right when the Golden Girls ends. So the Golden Girls ends with, I mean, the Golden Girls finale is crazy. It, it, Why did the Golden Girls even end if they were just going to do a new show that was a spin-off because B. Arthur didn't want to do it anymore. So it's because just B. the Golden Palace was a yeah. spinoff, but they didn't want to just yeah. um, sunset her, meaning out of the show. They didn't want to just keep doing Golden Girls without her. I mean, B. Arthur was sort of like the the backbone of the show. It's just like in a many weird ways. strategy to be like, okay, one person wants to leave. Let's like not kill them. Let's just end the show and then do a new show that nobody well, watches. Well, let's see if we can move, move the setting only slightly and introduce a new cast of characters and see if this is successful. And it was not successful. And so what happens at the end of Golden Girls is B. Arthur, Dorothy marries in what begins as a joke. She starts dating Blanche's uncle, who's played by Leslie Nielsen. And they start dating as kind of a joke, but then they end up falling in love and Leslie Nielsen proposes and she marries him. And then the end of the episode, she like literally moves out and it's really sad. And then like the other girls are alone in the house and it's actually a very sad ending. So the Golden Palace, they open a hotel and it's un. I actually rewatched the pilot. Unwatchable. Back in the day when I would watch Golden Girls on like Lifetime and stuff, like because it was on a hundred times a day and I would just watch the whole, you know, like when the show is in syndication, they show the show in order, you know, it's just like throughout on weekdays or whatever weekdays from three to five, they'll show episodes 22, 23, 24, 25 of season, whatever. For a while, they would sometimes play the Golden Palace after they finished a season of Golden Girls, like in its place, kind of as like a novelty it'd be like and we're gonna do the golden palace every once in a while it wasn't common and one time they did this and i was like i'm curious i have to watch the golden palace and i watched the whole season it's like 20 episodes it's one season it got canceled it was done they sell their house because one of the ongoing things in the golden girls is that they're constantly broke like they they like need money they need a new stream of income and in they decide to sell the house they open up they buy a struggling hotel and it ends up being like a complete dump and they have to like redo it. And Sophia works in the kitchen and Blanche works the front desk. And Don Cheadle is the manager. Cheech right. Marin is like <laughs> in the Cheech Marin is like the, the, chef. the chef. 
it's really it's really really silly but i watched a couple episodes yesterday because i was like i haven't seen this in years and years and years they're all on youtube it kept the same writers because by the end mitchell hurwitz from arrested development was like uh, one of the main writers on golden girls and he's one of the main writers on golden palace so it's like tonally it's sort of similar it's just very weird without dorothy and the new people are it's strange but like the jokes are still there. Like, it's not as bad as I remembered it being. It's well, just like... clearly the issue is they could... They should have just figured out a way to kill off or have her leave from the yeah. other show versus revamping the whole thing. Or maybe have a season where they go and own, own a hotel, but not a whole new show. People were not into this, like, whole new setting with them, which is very mm-hmm. strange because you'd arguably have the same group of women minus one. And then... Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, you're familiar with Thank You for Being a Friend, the Golden Girls song, right? Of course I'm familiar you know with the, that. That is you the know piece it. I am familiar with, Bobby. That is the piece that most people are familiar with. It is still the song for the Golden Palace, only it sounds like this. Ooh, thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. They made it a little jazzier. It feels like a joke, but it was a full season show. Uh-huh. Definitely a who. Uh-huh. Okay, thank you for listening. Uh, support us on patreon.com slash weekly for twice weekly bonus episodes. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and oh, 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 oh. Um, we also finally, uh, we never updated you on our donations. We donated two weeks of our ad revenue. We split it into a, a lot of places and we just want to let you know where we split our money so in case you want to donate to those places as well we will link to the places that we submitted it was to the um okra project to the main black lives matter fund the iw well society the navajo water project the act blue bail funds just so they can be scattered among around the country and then pretty brown girl which is they educate girls of color and encourage self-acceptance by cultivating social emotional and intellectual well-being again we will link all of those places in our show notes and you guys are awesome because i know a couple months ago you helped us raise a lot of money for Bets Die Strong in our neighborhood. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you on Tuesday with another episode. Call 619-WHO-THEM questions, comments, concerns. Bye everyone. Have a good weekend. Bye! Um, hi. I am a medium time listener and medium time caller. I just wanted to pause the podcast. Um, first of all, your car snacks commentary was phenomenal. Um, and do you remember when you used to put the bugles on your finger and pretend like they were like little witch nails? Um, did anybody ever do that? I mean, we had to all do that. And then um, pichos are where it's at. Hell yeah. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Lindsay. So, Seventh Heaven, who Beverly Mitchell has been tricked into recording a video greeting for a very demi, for Australians anyway, serial killer Ivan Milat. And it's very funny. It's been going viral, this video. Can you please talk about this? Thanks. Bye-bye. Crunch, crunch. Hi. Happy Hamilton Day. Um, Is Aaron Burr a who or a them in terms of history? I mean, obviously in in terms of culture now, he's a them. But, like, up until now, he's been a who, right? I don't know. I also, like, barely know who he was. Okay, thank you. Me and Grace. Black Lives Matter. Bye.